Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome, Leapers. This is Errol McLinden. I am a mindset coach out of Chicago, Illinois, and I do this program on the second and the fourth Mondays at 11 o'clock Central Time. I realized last month we had uh, five weeks in the month, which made a delay in my program by one week. So if you were looking for me on alternating weeks, there will be the odd month where it is an extra week between shows. We're back on track now. Uh, this is the second show of the of of September, and so it is the uh, fourth week, and I will be back in two weeks again. Uh, what I do is I work with my clients on big projects. My clients all have your projects that are set up to work for a year or longer, um, and we work to change their mindset. The whole idea behind being a mindset coach is if you change your perception, you can change your world. The simplest level of that being if you truly believe you can do something, you can do it. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. And that's what I try to work with my clients to change their mindset from one of doubt or fear or confusion to one of anticipation, enthusiasm, and hope. That, is, that these things can happen. And that has a lot to do with what <clears throat> today's show is about. Today's show is about um, what happens when you achieve success and to achieve it early. Uh, this, uh, this show is about people who are taking a leap or who are about to take a leap, would like to take a leap, or were forced off the cliff in some instances because of losing jobs or because of changes in relationships, you're now set off uh, uh, into the known. And when that occurs, uh, I work with people to change their mindset from one of negativity and feeling put upon or controlled into one of identifying the areas that you are in control. Today's program specifically is about the tipping point. I have experienced with some of my clients, three or four of my clients, situations where they are working with me for a year, and they have they have achieved great things in under a year. I've worked with most of these people for three or four months, four or five months, and what they thought they would like to accomplish in a year has actually been accomplished in half that time, which is a general uh, truth in people that I work with. A lot of coaches will work with, and a lot of project managements and and life management books will work from the premise of, let's set a five-year goal. Now let's see what you have to do in one year to get to that five-year goal. Let's see what you have to do in six months to get to that one-year goal, in three months to get to that six-month goal, in one month to get to that three-month goal, in in one week to get to that month goal. What do you need to do today to get to that one-week goal? Um, that's a valid way of working. A lot of people work very well in that situation. I work the opposite way. 
I still believe you should have a big picture of where you want to go, a major project, whether it's going back to school, getting a job, improving a relationship. All of these things are important to have a big image in the future that you want. But the difference is I don't ask you to put a time frame on it. I ask you to work every day toward it, do small, actionable items every day. And proof is in the pudding. I have actually got clients now that have achieved their goals halfway through, even though we have agreed to work on them for a year. So do we stop? Do we just say, that's it? We've made it where we want to be? And that's what today's show is about. What do you do when you've achieved that goal? Where do you go next? How do you regroup and move forward? This is an interactive show. There is a spot where you can call in. The phone number is 646-716-9397. Hit 1 when you dial in, and it'll bring you into the broadcast. If you're listening listening to this on an archive, please feel free to email me with thoughts, ideas, challenges. Uh, I offer coaching, no charge to anyone who's listened to this broadcast, just to help you get on track. Um, I'll talk a little more about that later, but you can email me at errol.maclinden at gmail.com with anything that you would like to talk about, any questions you have for my broadcast, or if you would like to set up some coaching with me, I would love to do that with you. Uh, again, that is, is complimentary, free of charge. Uh, I have no books or CDs to sell. It is strictly just so I can get to know you, and who knows? Maybe what you're moving forward on is very similar to one of my clients, and that allows me to, to network or introduce you and help both of you move further forward in your quest and in your, uh, along your trek. So let's get started. Why this show? I have five of my clients, five of my eight clients, who have reached a plateau or a level of satisfaction uh, virtually in five or six months for these projects that we had looked on as a year-long project. Or, in a couple of cases, I have had clients whose main goal was to get a job. And when we sat down and changed the mindset, it was no longer the mindset of, I have to get a job. It was looking more at the areas of their life that they controlled. The question I ask is, what do you really want to do? This is a time with a blank canvas you can do what you really want to do, and in both cases, uh, these in all cases, these people had a very strong image of their own business, their own company, not working for someone else. It's a very normal thing when you are out of work, whether you've chosen to be out of work or whether you have lost your job due to something downsizing, uh, company going under. I mean, we're in very very critical times with the job market. The immediate knee-jerk reaction is, I've got to get a job. I will work at Walgreens. I will work at Starbucks. I will work at, and those are valid places. They're great. I'm not putting those places down. I worked at Starbucks for six months, was talking to someone yesterday about what a wonderful place it is to work with benefits and the working conditions and the clientele. Um, and Starbucks, you owe me nothing for that plug. Uh, but working for someone versus working for yourself is an entirely different attitude. It has an entirely different feeling. In these cases, people decided to become freelance and work for themselves, and they have hit that. 
the businesses have started. So in essence, we've achieved their goal. We got them a job, but now we have to look at where we go further. In other instances, people had an image of what they wanted to do, where they wanted to be in their life, and they've hit a, a success level at that. And now where do you go? So if you are moving forward, if you have made the leap and you have reached a level of success and feel like you are in this environment that you were working toward, you're beginning in it, but you've reached it, where do you grow from there? How do you regroup? How do you revamp and recreate and redesign the vision based on this success level? Because achieving a success level changes drastically the vision. There's a reality to it. You now know how things are going to work in your new business or your new job, and that may change drastically your image of your new business or your new job. You may run across a joint venture with someone else and say, okay, that that makes me very happy. So all of these things are going to be discussed today is what you do when you reach that first level of success. You have arrived. Where do you go from here? And again, I have five people that I coach who have achieved that level. And I will talk about some of their case studies at the end, because my belief is if you call in and want to talk to me about uh, your individual unique situation, or you send me an email on it, I can guarantee you there are probably 100 people out there with a very similar situation. That's why at the end of this broadcast, I am going to talk to you about specific situations that have occurred and how people move through those and where they are going next. We're going to talk about a simple little procedure that uh, I took the name from the 60s uh, nuclear blast videos, instructional videos, Stop, Drop, and Roll. Um, Actually, those were duck and cover. Stop, Drop, and Roll is for fire. We're not going to do duck and cover. We're going to do stop, drop, and roll. So what happens in a normal situation where you have that burst and excitement of the first success? You've started a business. You've gotten a job. You've achieved uh, your first season of of, uh, your first crop. For example, I have a lavender farmer who's got her first crop in. Project is a three-year crop. How do you... Go, where do you go from there? So there are three possible responses to achieving the first level of success uh, that I have observed as being a coach. One is to lose momentum. You've done it. Now, you know, I've achieved this goal. I'm just going to let it move along at its own pace now because I worked really hard at this. It's a normal tendency. Usually that first burst of energy that gets you to the first level of success is tiring. It's exhausting. It is draining. It is constantly changing and moving things around. It is constantly every week having tasks to do. It is never, there's never a lull. And so there is a tendency when you reach this level of success to say, wow, I deserve to rest And that's fine. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the first tendency is to lose momentum entirely. I've achieved this. Let's just see where it goes. Well, I can tell you 
that where it will go with no momentum and no active progress on your own is it will go nowhere, or if it goes anywhere, it'll progress very slowly. What is desired is to keep moving at that pace, but to also honor the fact and, and celebrate the fact that you have achieved that first level. The second thing that may happen is to feel lost. You have been following this roadmap to a destination, and suddenly you're at that destination, and the tendency is to feel like you need to keep moving forward, but you don't know where to go. And there's this feeling of being lost. What do I do to fill my time? What do I do to move forward? Which direction do I go? Um, Oftentimes, there are other areas of your life that have not been tended to while you are moving forward to this first level of success. So then you look around at these other areas of your life, and they are a little bit out of balance. Wow, I'm lost. How did that happen? The one thing I do with my clients is while we are working toward a goal, I keep checking in and asking, you know, how are finances? How is your fun level? Are you having fun? Are you taking time for yourself? Are you taking time with the relationships with your family? If you've got a spiritual life, are you honoring your spiritual life? Friends, romantic relationships, how are all of these things being nurtured so they keep up with your progress on this central project? So it's it's easy to say it's difficult to do, and it, it is a normal thing for people to let some of those things go. So when you reach this level of success, you can breathe, look around you, and then you say, oh, my goodness, I haven't spent time with friends. Or, oh, my goodness, you know, I haven't gone out to Great America this year, and that's something I do every year. So it's a case of feeling lost that you've – there's also some feelings of, of self-accusation uh, that you haven't kept those things up. And the third thing that happens is that you can assume that this was easy, and it especially happens when things happen to fall into your lap. I have a client who all she had to do was put a resume together, and it meant getting a job. And, yes, it was easy. It, she was blessed in her path and her journey. But when that happens, the tendency is for the person to feel, wow, that was easy. This next step is going to be easy. Well, you know what happens? You start on the next path, and you hit some difficulties, and you get discouraged, and you say, well, that wasn't easy. I'm, I'm going to only do things that are easy. You didn't sign on for easy when you take a leap. No one ever does. When you take a leap off a cliff, when you take that big leap toward a project, you are braced. You, are, you have your armor on, and you are ready for the fight. If it turns out to be an easy step, things just fall into your lap, you tend to take the armor off. You tend to let down your defense and, and soften your offenses and say, oh, okay, I'll just waltz along here. Well, the thing you do is you surprise yourself because the first difficulty you hit, you don't have your armor, you don't have your defenses, you don't, you're not, your mindset is not correct, and it can be very discouraging. To sum that portion up is when you reach this level. There are three tendencies. Lose momentum, feel lost, or assume it was easy, and then the next step is going to be very discouraging. And this is my call-in program, so if you have any questions, comments, challenges, I welcome challenges. If you don't believe me on this stuff, 
Call in and tell me. If I can't defend it, I shouldn't be saying it. Call in number is 646-716-9397. Hit one or you will stay in the ether forever. You will disappear into the phone lines, into the into the airwaves. Um, and in, if you have anything you're doing or working on and would like some coaching on that, call in now or you can send me an email, errol.mclinden at gmail.com. And if you would like to come on the show with your particular project or would like some coaching on the air, let me know. I do have my agenda set up from now until the end of November. And but I am more than willing to uh, add to a program, change a program, shift a program. If someone has something that's uh, concerning them and they send it to me in email, I'll put that into the next show. Or if you would like to be a guest on my show talking about your leap or talking about a leap you would like to make, I'll be glad to coach you on air for an hour or whatever amount of time it takes within an hour uh, to get you well on the path. I get so excited about pushing people off a cliff. That is my main purpose in life is to shove people off cliffs. I know you've listened to my show. If you've listened to it, you've heard me say, leap and grow your wings on the way down. I will not let you stand on the edge of the cliff and plan out every single step in your life for the next two years. I will shove you off the cliff or I won't work with you. And that may sound harsh, but People come to me when they are ready for the leap, and it is my job to push them off the cliff and then help them grow their wings on the way down. Okay. So let's talk about stop, drop, and roll, right? It's how you can save yourself in a fire. It's how you can save yourself from stagnancy in your growth along your path to success. So let's go back to our original, one of my original messages is that you, you have to go back to the very beginning. So the stop portion of it is stopping and acting like you have never started coaching before or you've never leaped before. You are on the edge of a new cliff. Now, you're more educated because you've had life experiences. You are now more mature in the way you approach this because you know how to change your mindset. You know how not to let outside voices or inner voices influence your motivation, your drive, your vision. But we start again. You have a brand new cliff, a brand new foundation. So the stop is absolutely that, just stopping where you are, appreciating, you know, what you have achieved, looking at your life now and how it is different from before this achievement, because that's now your new foundation. You were on a cliff, and this cliff had so much around it as far as People's opinions, your opinions, your vision of where you were going, uh, how you would manage your time, how you would manage your energy, how you would feel when you achieved that success. <clears throat> All of these things were the environment that surrounded you before you made the leap. You made the decision to make the leap either with a coach or on your own, 
and you've spent several months putting these things together, and they have come together. You're not still in the air. You have now reached the ground safely, and you walk a few steps, and there's another cliff, right? You are now ready for the next step, whatever that might be. You now have a new set of experiences, a new maturity that's surrounding you on this cliff. You have now the responsibility of setting, um, looking around you at what you have and deciding what is this next leap going to be. Now, in some cases, it can be a natural continuation of the previous leap. In the case of my lavender farmer, we knew this was going to be a three-year situation of before an actual money crop can come in. So the first year is done. It is harvested. She now has the experience of what it's like, how much work it is, things she did right, things she could have done better, all of these things. So the second year crop is a natural continuation of that. But now she has a stronger vision of what she wants that environment of the farm to look like. What sort of buildings should be out there? What needs to be cleared away? Does she want to expand the field? Are there certain technologies that she can use to make the next year easier? So it's a natural step as to where she will go next, but she's not looking at the second year of harvesting from a year ago with no actual practical knowledge, she's now looking at that second year from this year. So she has all of this practical knowledge. You can only get so much from reading books, but having your hands in the dirt, having your hands and sweat in the project and having come through it, now you have a new vision of what the second year will look like. And I can guarantee you it's totally different than what it looked like two years ago, a year ago. So in some cases, the next step, the next leap is a natural progression. In others, for example, the case of my person wanting a teaching job, she wants to teach, has no teaching certification, but has a tremendous amount of experience. In her case, she got her resume together and she got a job, a second job with the same school, and is on the substitute list for that school. So she's achieved what she wanted. She now is looking at what happens next. Some of the options are going back to school. Some are working at a museum in the children's area because it, it would fit in very well with the school programs. Uh, some uh, waiting to see how the substitution program works. That's one of the things she's doing. So in her case, she has a whole new set of choices that were not there when we started because they blossomed out of what she achieved, both how it takes up her time and other opportunities that it opens the doors to. So in all cases, but in both cases, the thing that is absolutely identical is everybody reaching that point of success must stop. Stop, take time to look at your dream, 
their dream as it is affected by this new success. What do things look like on this new cliff? What do things look like? And what do they suggest to you is the next possible leap? So the other thing that we always work on when we start a project, and I encourage others to do this uh, at this point as well, is emotional goals. I think I did this on my very first show, but I'll talk through it very, very quickly. When you have a project, you have a very solid physical image of what that project is. It's a craft store. It's uh, being a copywriter. It is being a coach. It is There is a concreteness to it. And everyone says, hey, okay, I have to set goals for this. So I want a business that's going to bring in $100,000 as a coach. I have a business that means I want to work 25 hours a week. I want to have a book. I want to have CDs. I want to have online classes that people can take. I want all of this, and I want it in a year's time. And we call that our goals. And they're valid. They're very good. Goals should be measurable. Goals should be solid and concrete and visual. I take people beyond that. I say, okay, take yourself to a situation in the future when all of that is yours. You are coaching. You're making 100000 a year. You're working 25 hours a week as a coach. Your book is selling. Your CDs are selling. You're online. Put yourself in that. Close your eyes and physically, emotionally, spiritually, put yourself in that place in the future and tell me how you feel. I feel content. I feel fulfilled. I feel happy. Okay? All of those things. My belief is that those emotions are your goals. The physical activities that you are calling your goals are actually this pathway or the strategies to get to your goals. Making $100,000 a year is going to make you fulfilled. But being contacted by a network to do a TV show as a coach would also make you fulfilled. And you would be equally fulfilled. So why tie into one concrete path when there's a lot of different possibilities for being fulfilled or being happy or being content or being leaving a legacy, any of these things. So it's fine to have one solid image of what your vision is for this successful future. But knowing that the reason you're working toward that concrete vision is for these emotions gives you some flexibility. There are other roads to get to those emotions. So when you've reached this first first plateau of success, and it goes without saying that you can do this in the beginning of your first leap as well, I ask people to do this. On this first plateau, do the very same thing. What does the new absolute success look like to you physically? What emotions is that going to give you? What is that going to give you in your emotional life? Okay, those are your new goals. Can they be the same as your first goals? Absolutely. But you're going to see a new intensity to them now. So setting those emotional goals for that new level is very, very important. It definitely gives you 
the opportunity to say, hey, I started toward this direction of, of building my business to 100000 but I got this call from the television station, and that's even more exciting to me, and that would be more fulfilling, and I'll reach more people, and I'll make more money. Nothing wrong with making money. We're all mercenary. We're all very materialistic and mercenary. I don't care who you are. You've got to have money to eat, to have clothes, and that is something everybody is very uh, down on is, oh, I shouldn't be doing this for money. We should be doing this for money. Money is what helps us. It's how we use our money that makes us either mercenary or very caring and generous. Okay. So the the TV show will do this for me. I, I, I'm going to make that choice. And now I have this success. Where do I go from there? So I hope that makes sense. Go back to my, if if you have any questions, go back to my first show where I talk about the pathway of, of finding your goal, your dream, and pursuing it, okay? Emotional goals is really, really uh, important. And then, as I've always said, as you're dreaming for this new goal, dream, dream big, dream bigger. Is that all you got? Push it. You've made one level of achievement, Right? Because one of the things I do is reverse assumptions. People always say, oh, what if this fails? What if it fails? What if it doesn't? People always remember times when things didn't work for them. I suggest they go back and find a time when it did. And if it worked for you before, why won't it work again? Well, now, if you've made this first level, you've got an immediate reference point to say, hey, I did this. Why can't I do 10 times that? Okay. Remember, this is a call-in program. If you would like to call in at 646-716-9397, hit the number one, and you can talk to me. Or please email me with your thoughts and ideas, errol.maclinden at gmail.com. So we've got the stop, right? we got the stop, which is stop everything, revamp, rebuild for the future. Let's talk about the drop. Drop is... Let everything drop for a while. And this is a vital and a critical part of pursuing the next step. If you launch right into it, you're going into it fatigued, you're going into it drained, you're going to probably rush what choices you're going to make, and it's a normal thing. You've had this big success. Things worked great for you. Wow, let's keep the momentum going. I'm going to surprise you here. Let the momentum drop. Let the momentum drop. Take your downtime. Stop, drop, the stop part is envisioning what you want to do next, but not taking action, just envisioning and putting it all together. Drop is reward yourself with some downtime, whether it's binge watching TV, playing video games, taking a small vacation, uh, sleeping, whatever you need to do to drop. And the vital portion, reason because of that drop is it allows you to take control again. Set a new start time. Now, your drop time can be one day. It can be six hours. It can be a week. It can be two weeks. It's whatever you want. Sometimes life itself will dictate a natural drop. What do you do during this time? You can think about the project. That's, that's not bad. 
but take true downtime. Take, let the white noise come in. Let's, it's a cleansing process. It's clearing the head. And then set a start date for the new project. The main thing here is to isolate your previous project, acknowledge your success, and then start a new project that is absolutely unique to the previous project. Even if it is, for, as I said in the example, the, the lavender farm going from one year to the next year, take some time to analyze and think about what went well, what could have gone better, what changes you need to make in the following year or the next project, and then set a date. Okay, October 1st, I'm going to launch into my next year on the lavender farm. I'm going to launch into checking on the museums for a class, uh, for a, to, t uh, to, uh, to work. I am going to get cards printed that identify my business that is now in existence, right? I am going to focus on my directing for these two theater companies that have put me on and acknowledge that I am a director. All of these are, are case histories from things that I am I'm working with. And all of these people have reached this point of we've arrived here. Now we have to redesign and redefine who we are. So take that time. You will know when it is time to do it when you feel like you cannot sit still anymore. And if you set a date, let's say October 1st, don't decide on September 29th that, well, I'm going to go ahead and start. Honor that date. There is something in you subconsciously, unconsciously, consciously or whatever that says, I will be ready to work on this on that date. If anything tries to make you start earlier, fill the time with other areas of your life and honor that start date. If you have to wait, you're really going to hit it even harder from an energy standpoint because you can't wait to get started. Oh, my goodness, midnight, October 1st, I can get up and go do some stuff. And then the role part. And I think you can probably guess what the role is. Once you stopped, dropped, you're ready to roll. Your date of starting the new project comes along and you set up to start with the next actionable items in all portions of this project that will move you forward. And just a quick review of how I believe actionable items work. You have a project list. Your project list could be a page long. Mine is. Every week, I, you can do it once a week, you can do it every day, you can do it however you want to, but once a week, I sit down and go through my projects, and I say to myself, what is the next actionable item on each of these projects? I just got a new agent, um, meaning I just sent them headshots for them to approve, and so I'm waiting on their approval. I also sent them an email about getting a reel together. I am also waiting an answer on that. So those don't go on my next actionable item list. They're actually on a waiting list. The next actionable item I can do on that project is put my resume together. I basically revamp my resume, and that's on my next actionable item. 
it's probably a two, three hour project. So it won't happen on busy days, but the first day that I see that I've got that time to spend, that goes on the list. My resume together. Okay. Now I could have been even more elementary. There could have been steps before that. I happen to know I'm going to take an existing resume of a friend and plug my stuff into it. But it could have been as simple as my next actionable step would be looking on Googling for resume formats to find a resume format I liked. Now, distinction here. My next step could be Google to find the sites I want to go to. Another step, a separate step, would be going through those sites and looking for a template I liked. It gets that minute, but the thing that that does is it makes small to-do list every day, and at the end of the day, you should have crossed everything off that list. And some exceptions, things get busy, you get a surprise phone calls, emails. They won't get crossed off, but what you won't be doing is moving 26 items every day from one list to another list. There's no need to do that. That's your project list. So you're stopped, you've taken downtime, and now you're rolling. And the first step in rolling is get your project. What does this new level look like to you? What does the second year of farming look like to you? What does this new craft business look like to you? What does this new copywriting business look like to you? What are all aspects of that? Each one of those is a different project. And then every day, what is the next thing I can do on those? And this is exactly the way that you look up in six months and you've achieved what you thought would take a year or two years because uh, clipping away at it every single day in small, small little nibbles adds up. If you do a, one item every day for a week, say just a 15-minute item, that is nearly two hours of work on a project every week. And that's just one project, one item. So you stop, you drop, you roll. So what, what I have in, in time for the next uh, portion of my program is I do want to give you some case histories of people that I have run across. I'm not going to use their names, uh, but I'm going to use specifics of their situation because they are probably going to mirror some of what you are all going through. Uh, the first two I'm going to talk about are people who were out of work, okay, uh, and needed to find a job. I'm going to talk about how we change their their mindset from finding a job to creating and designing the work they want, and then how they achieve the success and how they are uh, considering their next steps. Again, call in 646-716-9397. Email me at errol.mclinden at gmail.com. Specifically, if some of these case histories give you an idea of what you are going through or considering going through, uh, the similarities between the case histories will show you how they can be totally different in their areas of, of uh, pursuit, but still have some very strong similarities. So in the first case, I was, a, I was contacted or I contacted, um, the way I work, just so you get a little background, is I look at friends and people I come in contact with 
if I believe they have potential, I will call them and, and offer two hours of coaching for free. And sometimes I follow it with another hour of coaching. And I'm offering the two hours of coaching, of course, to anyone who's hearing my program who'd be interested. Uh, we can do it by Skype, phone, um, preferable. And then I sit down with them and I say, what do you want to do? I sat down with um, a person. Uh, I Sometimes I misjudge what a person wants to do, but I find out they have other passions when I talk to them. When I sat down with her, uh, I knew her as working heavily with animal rescue, uh, doing some theater work. Uh, didn't know anything about how she made a living. And as we talked, I found out that she did a lot of nanny work. My assumption was she'd probably want to do something with animal rescue because she's very active in that area. That was an assumption. Um, and came to find out that what she really wanted to do was teach, work with very young children, uh, ultimately children's librarian, things of that sort. But... She had no certification and didn't desire to get a certification or it just was overwhelming at that point in time. As I often do with people, I talk to them about, you know, what they have in their life that has made them want to pursue these areas. In many cases, the things they've done as a hobby or an extremely part-time job or a vocation or a, ho a hobby, and I'll use that again, um, are the things they'd really like to be doing in their real world. So we explore all that. And in talking to her, that was what came up, working with small children. She loved the nannying, uh, didn't want to go back to school. So we put together a resume, and this resume was based on all of her nannying, the whole idea. And we also came up with a list of schools that we felt like would be uh, schools she would love to teach in, close to her home, uh, schools that in their elementary program and their pre-elementary program had actual curriculums, didn't just give kids blocks to play with, but actually had some guided instruction. Uh, resume was put together contacted some of the schools. The first school she contacted, she was hired uh, in their after-school program, running a, a, actually one class of a school program, and put on their substitute teaching list. She's arrived. She has gotten what she wanted, at least the first level of it. So what we did was sit down and talk about where does this go next? And that's, that conversation is currently going on as she is trying to decide where do you go next. Uh, working in a museum in the children's area is one way of going. Uh, she's waiting for the substitute teaching thing to see how active that is going to be. But what the door, the door that this opened up now, because there's a regular income, uh, there's a security uh, there's a new belief in what she's doing, and she is now continuing to build a resume, is that she wants to go back to school and pursue children's library um, library science, to be a child, children's librarian. So instead of saying, oh, great, spring is coming on, uh, fall is coming on, the school program is signing up now, go get in there, 
We're taking time. That probably won't happen for a semester, maybe even a year, but it will be part of the new plan because the plan is being based from a place of rest, celebration, relaxation, letting everything sort of go over the few weeks of being in school to see what sketch, what her schedule is, what her energy level is, because it's changing her life entirely. Anytime we change our routine, even if it's going to something more simple, there's a fatigue to it because our bodies have gotten into a rhythm. We know how the day is supposed to run. When that shifts and changes, our body takes some time and also needs to stop, drop, and roll. So we're taking time right now. And an excellent example, she's achieved that first level, actually achieved what her dream was. Now it opens up six or seven new doors that we need to process. She will process as to what will work next. Example number two, I need a job. <coughs> Sorry. A uh, person came to me out of work looking for any job, administrative job, but had her own Etsy store uh, that was not lucrative, but brought in stuff every now and then. And we uh, sat down and same situation, identical situation. What you, would you really like to be doing? Loves doing the artwork, loves the creative. She does wonderful coasters and wine charms and uh, wall hangings and wall uh, freestanding wooden block uh, images, re uh, retro images, vintage images of sports from Chicago, uh, areas around Chicago. But it had been a, uh, a hobby, one that brought in money occasionally but had not been a business. Mindset changed. This could be a business. Let's try it. Let's test it. It has really taken off. It has uh, she her works are are in uh, several stores in town and continuing to grow in terms of getting in touch with uh, bridal groups because she does custom work. For example, the the bridal party on coasters, uh, wine charms with the bride's name on him, things like that. So when the business started clicking in and she got two or three really nice, good size orders, her mindset has now changed her. She has achieved what she wanted. This business is bringing in money on a regular basis. And you would think it's natural. It just keeps going up, right? It just keeps growing and going up. Stop, drop, and roll. During the drop interim, what actually evolved was the desire to have an identifying logo, an identifying image that was unique to her product line. Uh, she does images that are, are uh, public domain, or she works with companies who have their own images that she can use with their permission. But she wanted something that is Chicago and is hers and is something that could identify as her specifics, which means getting a designer to do it, um, getting more in terms of deciding how she's going to advertise, how she's going to market these things. Is Etsy big enough for her or is there a way of utilizing that more? All of this came in to this last couple of meetings 
as to where you want to go next. Natural human thing to say is, I just want to see how big this goes. Let's just get it to go bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, That's pretty vague. And what we've discovered in both of these cases is because of this first level of success, new opportunities are presented that were never considered before. There is that desire to keep growing bigger, keep, keep adding to your resume, but there's this desire also to diversify. Where do you, where else can I go? Again, you gain courage by seeing a success at things that you would never have thought about doing before because the courage wasn't there suddenly become possible because you've achieved them. My two stories of success, I have uh, of true success, not necessarily being out of work and having to find, but people who chose their own leap as opposed to having the leap chosen for them. Um, and just a side note, I have a third person who is a copywriter same situation, who is just on the very beginnings of making that into a business uh, because of a joint venture with a friend. She's probably several weeks away from this level of reassessment, but she's well on her way. Same thing, out of work, what do you do? What do you, I'll work anywhere. I'll sit in an office. What do you really want to do? I really want to do writing, uh, nonfiction writing, uh, creative writing. So let's try doing that. And it is working for her. So her new assessment will happen in a few weeks. We got two people who just came, that came to me that I approached because they wanted to do something bigger. They weren't out of work. They had work. They were happy with where they were, but they knew they wanted to achieve something greater. One wanted to be a director in town. And so what we've been working on over the past few months is assessing which choices move her forward, being very assertive, not aggressive, but assertive in letting people know what she wanted. And at this point, she is now aligned with two major theater companies in town. Both of them work on shows that are aligned with her belief system, where she wants to go. And they both are very aware of her desire to be a director within their companies. And she has actually gotten to work on a a couple of pieces for one of the companies, both as an actress, as a director. She's gone to a directing uh, workshop by one of the top people in one of the companies. So where she wanted to be when we started, she has, she has arrived there. She is considered and looked at as a director. Now we have to see where she goes next. Part of that, one of those items was cutting away Deadwood, cutting away things, saying no to things that were not going to move her forward. One of them was an acting thing and redefining herself as a director made her let go of the acting. One of them was a directing thing that was not aligned with her belief system. So part of this reassessment is not being able uh, or being able to say no to things that you think will not move you forward. And she's in that process right now. Very difficult thing to do. If you're an artist or a musician or an actor or a director, the greatest flattery you can have is someone coming to look for you because we spend our lives throwing ourselves out there and saying, hey, hire me, use me, uh, abuse me. 
and so when someone comes to you, it's very difficult to say no because the ego says somebody wants you. But you can spend a lot of time and energy going down paths that are not of your choosing. So in the case of this person, they have achieved an identity as a director, now reassessing as to where do we go next. She's looking for projects of her own that she can attach her name to. She's looking for theaters that might allow the project. She's looking for residencies that might support a project. Would not have done that from the very beginning because had to leave, achieve this level of success to believe that they could go fo- you could go further. And finally, uh, my... Um, my um actually i covered mindy actually i covered mindy and i sorry and i left out uh i covered everybody sorry my notes are scrambled here um so those give you some examples i could go on and on and on but those are i have five people uh uh elizabeth yes I think I've covered everybody in the course of this. Sorry for my brief confusion. Um, So the point of all this is that if you have been following and taken the leap and you've reached a level of success, there's some tendencies of, of feeling lost or feeling lack of direction. Stop. Really take into account where you want to go next. Take some time off. Set a new start date. Reassess emotional uh, goals and set that start date and then start in a new as if this were a brand new project instead of a continuation of an old project. I want to thank all of you for listening to my show today. Uh, If you like it and have any questions, comments, suggestions for future shows, if you would like to come on, write me, send me an email at errol.mclinden at gmail.com. I do offer two hours of coaching to anyone who would like to take advantage of it. Just get in touch with me. We'll set up a time for Skype or for phone contact. Uh, I won't try and upsell you. I won't try and sign you up. I promise. I really just want to help you get your projects together, uh, help you with that first step, push you off the cliff. Uh, and in the other aspect of it is you may be doing something, uh, and I may know someone who it'd be great for you to get in contact with or would, would benefit from knowing you, and I'll pass that along to you. Uh, I want to remind you to call tomorrow at 12 noon Central Time, a uh, wonderful show with Brenda Baird, uh, leading when you're not the boss. Uh, This is a very interesting, I do team building exercises, and it's very interesting to watch this dynamic. When you are in a group and you're not the boss, but you know the best way to go, how do you lead without being uh, obnoxious? How do you you gain people's trust? How do you become that leader beneath the surface? I believe those are probably the things that are going to be talked about. So that is tomorrow at 12 noon Central Time right here on Life Coach Radio. Uh, again, I am available for uh, for uh, quick answers through email, or if you'd like to set up a, a two-hour uh, session with me, uh, just get in touch. I love talking to everybody, errol.mclinden at gmail.com. Uh, I'll see you in two weeks, and have a lovely, lovely leap over that time.